On an average everyday American citizen who cares about his country and the people in it, I care about the world and the way the world views America. Given these trying times that America faces today, I like to look at the issues and attack them with an objective mind. So maybe one day I won't feel so blue in this red state. It's hard to imagine that later on today we are finally out of this nightmare. There's an uneasiness in how everything is going to play out tomorrow. I know how it's supposed to play out. The problem is we just had an insurrection on Capitol Hill. We have an outgoing president who still refuses to accept the results of the election. And in turn, there are 70 million followers of that president that still believe that the election was stolen from them somehow. In a perfect world, Trump would announce that he's wrong and that the vote count was right. This is not a perfect world. And this is not an ordinary president. This is a president that is a hypocrite, a narcissist, a criminal, a racist, and a sociopath. My mind starts to distort to the idea that things will go without a hitch. Then I have to pull myself back into reality, remind myself of all of the things, all of the atrocities that have come at the hands of this monster. It would take days to mention it all, so I'm just going to recap the hits. Not even a week into office, he signed his first unconstitutional executive order. The travel ban, of course, focused solely on preventing Muslims from entering the United States. I don't even have to go in to how messed up that is and how unconstitutional it is and how it violates the very first sentence of the very first amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Not even a week into office. His tax bill, his tax reform bill that was, that was, um, that of course was advertised that was going to help everybody in the country focus solely on the upper one half of one percent giving companies like amazon and and chevron tax breaks to the point to where they paid zero dollars in taxes yet they netted billions of dollars meanwhile the long-term taxes of the middle class would eventually increase just another example of him passing bills that are self-serving because that's all he cares about is himself. It's always been that way. We should not be surprised that that's how he would be as a president. He's been that way his entire life. But come tomorrow, none of that matters. Come tomorrow, we have another president that's going to get sworn into office. We have a president who has promised to, to work for every American, not just red states, not just blue states, but all states. The United States. That's what he said in his speech. Do I know that that's going to happen? Of course I don't. I don't. Nobody knows. But it seems sincere. And anything, the, the thing with Biden coming in is he's coming into a disaster. Like, we, we've got a pandemic that's setting new records every single day. You don't even hear about it anymore. But we set new records in hospitalizations, new records in new cases, and new records in deaths every single day. We have a vaccine, but we don't have any, any distribution plan whatsoever. And that's due to the president's mishandling of it. Still, to this day, he doesn't even talk about it anymore. It is still killing 4,000 people a day, over 4,000 people a day. That's more than 9-11 every single day. It's almost two 9-11s every single day. But he quit talking about it. 
because it uh, he was too busy talking about how the vote was stolen from him, how the election was stolen from him, which it wasn't. Ninety different judges have said that it was not stolen from him. So at what point, like, I don't know at what point do you decide whether or not maybe you're wrong, maybe, but he he would never admit that. But let's let's talk about all the things, you know. Since we since we're finally saying farewell to Donald Trump, let's uh, let's talk about all of his accomplishments so we can send him on a farewell. He said he wouldn't have time to play golf because he's gonna be so busy working for the American people. <laughs> but he's <laughs> he he had made more than 250 visits to golf clubs after he took office, spending more than 136 million dollars. Of taxpayers' money golfing, that's a good accomplishment. He said he uh, he'd cut your taxes, which I just talked about. But um, the richest one percent received eighty-three percent of the Trump tax cuts, and the richest point one percent received sixty percent of that. And more than half of all Americans will actually pay more in taxes. He said corporation would use their tax cuts to invest in American workers. That's the old trickle-down economics of the Reagan era. We all know that doesn't work, and um, it didn't work. Corporations spent more of their tax savings buying back shares of their own stock instead of increasing wages for workers, which is what they've always done. He said he wouldn't cut Social Security like every other Republican. He said he wouldn't cut Medicare, Medicaid, and his latest budget includes billions of cuts in Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. He promised that the average American family would see $4,000 pay raise because of their tax cuts for uh, wealthy corporations. But nothing trickled down. Wages for most Americans have barely kept up with inflation. Some of them haven't. He promised to eliminate the federal deficit. He has increased the federal deficit more than any other president in modern history. 60% increase in federal deficit after he promised he would eliminate it eliminate it not just balance it but eliminate it he promised to protect americans with pre-existing conditions his justice department is trying to repeal the aca the affordable care act including protections for people with pre-existing conditions he said mexico would pay for the border wall the wall will cost american taxpayers 11 billion dollars he promised six weeks of paid maternity leave for any mother with a newborn child whose employer does not provide the benefit no maternity leave has passed. Nothing has actually been done in regards to that. He promised to bring an end to Kim Jong-un's nuclear program. Kim Jong-un is expanding North Korea's nuclear program as we speak. He promised to tear up the Iran nuclear deal and renegotiate a better deal. Negotiations have gone nowhere, and he's brought us nearly to the brink of war with Iran. Promised to, promised to push colleges to cut their skyrocketing tuitions. Instead, he's made it easier for for-profit colleges to defraud students, and tuition is still rising. He promised to protect American steel jobs. The steel industry still continues its decline and are losing jobs even faster than when he took office. Promised tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations would spur economic growth and pay for themselves. His tax cuts added $2 trillion to the federal deficit. After pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord, he said he'd negotiate a better deal on the environment. 
He hasn't even attempted to negotiate a deal, and he has cut several programs that were put in place to help protect the environment. Promised to bring all the troops back from Afghanistan. Now he says, we'll always have somebody there. He pledged to put America first. Instead, he's deferred to dictators and authoritarians at America's expense. Ostracized our allies, and now they all laugh at us behind our back. We used to be the world power. We used to be the, the um, standard, what everybody based their democracy on. Everybody looked at America, and they're like, what are they doing? That's our example. We are not that anymore. We're not. Um, people just watched as our Capitol Hill got overtaken by a bunch of idiots. One of them even had a pitchfork. A pitchfork. Like the Revolutionary War. They beat a cop with an American flag. They beat another cop to death with a fire extinguisher. And these people think that they did the right thing. They still think that. Of course, Donald Trump by now has thrown them under the bus. Now they're all sitting in jail waiting on the pardon that they're never going to get because Donald Trump is done pardoning. So they followed him. He threw him under the bus like he's done everybody else. And they're surprised, which I don't know why. I mean, I guarantee you Michael Cohen isn't, isn't surprised. But there are, I mean, there are pages and pages and pages of promises that he didn't keep. It's a common thing that I see, especially in uh, the social media world uh, about people saying that Donald Trump kept all of his promises blah 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 no he really didn't he didn't really keep any of them I mean I can't think of one that he kept all the way let's try to think of some of the good things that he's done the peace treaties and uh, Middle East I guess but they but though they're signed treaties uh, they actually haven't affected anything there's still just as much aggression there and then the other one was between two countries that were already at peace so they really didn't they didn't really accomplish anything except for get them some good press i don't know um i don't know what it'll take to finally get people to uh, accept the fact that he he was he will go down as the worst president in the history of this country by far his approval rating has dipped under 30%. No president has ever finished that low. Not even George W. Bush. George W. Bush was at least in the upper 30s or the lower 40s. Donald Trump isn't even in the 30s. He's in the 20s. He's been impeached twice. You know, in this country's history, there have been four impeachments total. And half of them are Donald Trump. So, only president to ever be impeached twice. The only president to... Uh, get votes from the other party or from the same party i mean sorry from the same party to impeach people from his own party have voted to impeach him and that's never happened he likes to talk about everything that he's done for uh for the african-americans which is laughable at best He likes to talk about unemployment and how unemployment was doing, how jobs, job growth. He likes to talk about all these things as if he's done anything to help them. He's the first president in the history of this country to have fewer jobs than when he took office.
There are fewer jobs now than when he took office. He's the first president that that's the first that time that's ever happened. I'm even counting the Great Depression. That's never happened. So he's obviously not a jobs president unless you're talking about destroying them, which he did a very good job of doing. Let's talk about some of the things that um, that Joe Biden is planning on doing right out of the gates because he's already got he's already got the Republicans in an in an uproar. Uh, it didn't take, he's not even in office yet, and he's already got a lot of these guys pissed off, um, which we knew was going to happen. Uh, Joe Biden has, I mean, he campaigned on it, and he has already started to try to put it in motion, and he wants to get the minimum wage raised to $15 an hour. $15 an hour. It's not a lot of money, but you can survive on $15 an hour. You can make a living and and scrape by on $15 an hour, which is what minimum wage is supposed to be. When they first imposed, uh, when they first uh, created minimum wage, it was supposed to be able to support a family of three without government help. You're supposed to be able to support a family of three on minimum wage. Minimum wage was set on that basis. Minimum wage is $7, the federal minimum wage anyways. Um, different states have, have it raised or whatever, but but the federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. That doesn't even cover rent in most, most places. So you have that. So, and, and, and they're pushing back on him. You know, they're pushing back saying that that's too much. You can't pay. <clears throat> you can't pay the same. You can't pay these McDonald's workers the same as a teacher or almost the same as a teacher. And it's like, you're right. We can't. Let's pay the teachers better. <laughs> it shouldn't be a matter of, no, let's lower the minimum wage so the teachers are making more. If you want the teachers to make more, more, more money than the McDonald's workers, then you pay the teachers more. You don't lower the wages of somebody else so that you can create classes. That's ridiculous. There is no reason why somebody working 40 hours a week should not be able to comfortably live then they talk about well a $15 an hour minimum wage will um, will injure the small small businesses but but it won't it won't and I'll tell you why because if you have two people working for $7.25 an hour how hard do you think they're working I'll bet you they're not working very hard. I bet you one person making $15 an hour is going to work harder than both of those two making $7.25 combined. And you're not going to have the attrition. You're not going to have the, the turnover. So you're not going to have to spend money on training a new person every other day because they find another job that pays better. So you got big picture. You got... And I know it's hard to look at a big picture, especially when we just went through four years of a president who would never look at the big picture. Um, but if you look at the big picture, if you invest in your people, you will get the returns that you're looking for that, you, that right now you're not getting. It's not that hard to think that if, if somebody feels like they are being compensated fairly, they're going to work harder. It's it's very very common. People 
that feel entitled generally end up being lazy and right now you've got a lot of people that feel entitled they feel like and these are these are factory workers you know that are bitching about the minimum wage going up you know these people should not be upset about this this is not going to affect their lives at all like if you make twenty dollars an hour or whatever at a factory and they're raising the wages of somebody that doesn't even doesn't work with you or anything it does not affect your life at all but it drastically improves their life. Why wouldn't you root for that? That's what I don't understand is, is we've got so many people that, that they just want to be better than, than somebody. And they got, they got to have people that they can look down on, you know, and then they bitch about them getting all this government help, but then they bitch about the minimum wage going up. It's like, you can't have both ways. You either have to raise the minimum wage or you have to keep giving them government help. Which do you, which do you want? But one of the two has to happen in order for these people to survive. So, it's, I don't know. But that's, that's the first thing that Biden's been uh, throwing around. And um, it's, you know, of course, caused the uproar that we knew it would cause. Um, and he expected it, of course, because he knows how the Republican Party works. He's been in, he was a senator for 47 years, so he knows. Um, so it was anticipated, and I'm sure he's got a plan on how to, how he's going to grease it through. He's probably going to grease it through on the budget because he's able to do that, and that's that's some of the dirty tricks that the Republicans have been pulling on us. So that's probably how he'll he'll do it. Is he'll put it in the because that only need that only requires a a majority. It doesn't require a super majority. Budget just requires a majority, which the Democrats have a majority in the House and a majority in the Senate. So as long as he gets 100% cooperation within the party, he, we don't need a single Republican vote to pass it. So we should be looking to see the minimum wage increase, which is good. We're going to be looking to see um, the next thing that we're that he said he was going to do on day one, which these things will probably happen on day one. Um, he's going to try to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, which we should have never gotten out of, and he's going to hopefully get back into the Iran nuclear deal. That one's going to be a little more tricky because we've kind of burnt some Iranian bridges lately um, by killing their, their their general, assassinating their general, and... Um, and backing out of the original Iran nuclear deal um, when they were in 100% compliance. Now, Joe Biden was really good during his time as VP in the Obama administration. He was actually really good at... Uh, he was actually really good at like diplomacy. He, was, like, he would travel to other countries kind of as an ambassador of goodwill, so to speak. Um, so I don't know what his relationship is with the leader of Iran um, or how, how, what kind of rapport he has with him, but it's probably fair to say that it's decent being he was in the administration that did get the original Iran nuclear deal signed. But the, the thing is, is that, that needs to be, that needs to be a focus because the Iranians are, they're dangerous people, not all of them, but the ones in charge are, uh, and uh, for them to have nuclear weapons is uh, is very dangerous to this country. 
So if we can get them on board with not making nuclear weapons, they can they can enrich uranium to a certain percentage. So that way they can make their nuclear power plants and they can have their power plants. But we don't need them making nuclear weapons, especially not ones that can get here. But we don't really want nuclear weapons going off anywhere. Brings me to North Korea. North Korea is going to have to, uh, they're going to have to get dealt with. I don't know how. I don't know how you deal with them because on one hand you think, well, we could sanction them. But Kim Jong-un has proved that sanctions don't really uh, don't really affect him because he doesn't care about his people. And the sanctions don't hurt him. Don't, I mean, don't mistake it for that because they don't. I mean, he'll he'll just sit in his castle getting fat while his the rest of his country is starving to death, and he don't it does does not bother him. He's a sociopath, which is probably why Donald Trump liked him so much. Um, so we could sanction him, I guess, but but then what does that make us look like? That makes us look like horrible people letting all those poor those innocent people that have nothing to do with anything starve to death because those are the ones that's going going to affect it's not going to affect the people running the show there so that's why that's where i'm kind of not necessarily against sanctions but i think they should be used sparingly just for that reason because it makes it it makes us not look like the humanitarians that we claim to be Another thing that um, Joe Biden is talking uh, that he's already brought to the table is another relief package for the pandemic, another stimulus package totaling at $1.9 trillion. It's a big price tag, but it's going to offer more direct payments of $1,400. It's going to offer an extended unemployment and an increase in employment or unemployment benefits. It's also going to offer... Uh, loans and uh, grants for small businesses and there will be other incentives in there as well uh, which I'm sure is not something he wants to do just for the simple fact that it's going to throw him in a big hole coming right in but luckily he understands that it's something he has to do so and he's already got it drawn up and all he has to do is wait until he's you know gets sworn in tomorrow or to earlier today or sorry later today and uh and then it'll be ready to go and it can go straight to congress hopefully pass right away let's see what else has he said that he's going to do oh yeah he's going to be a regular president not fanning the flames of division this is the biggest thing is for four years trump has normalized name calling and 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 creating this this illusion that one side is the enemy and the other side is holier than thou and the press is the enemy the press is not the enemy the press is one of the things that keeps the checks and balances they're the ones that hold that hold the politicians accountable and if everything they say the 
president says it's fake, then they they lose their power. They lose their ability to hold political figures accountable, which is what their purpose is. Everything is not fake. It's not fake if it's unpleasant. It's just not. It it can be real and unpleasant. And Joe Biden is not a perfect person. He's he's past, he's been a part of some really shitty legislation in the past. The crime bill was one of them. I mean, there's there's tons of stuff, but everybody's like, "Well, how could you support him when he's like that?" It's like he he understands that he was wrong there. He's admitted that it was wrong. He thought it was right at the time, but you know, you grow as a you grow as a person as the years go by. Like Nobody here, nobody can tell me that they're exactly where they were 20 years ago politically. I was a lot more towards the center politically 20 years ago. I'm, I've, you know, gradually moved further left, as which is, <laughs> which is kind of the opposite of what most people do. But I, I just, I feel like that the far not necessarily the extremely far left, but for the most part, in line with like Bernie Sanders and AOC, I, I think they all, they, that coalition has a very good point on a lot of things. And they're really the ones that I'm the most in line with. Elizabeth Warren, too. Um, Joe Biden's not going to be that kind of a president. I know that and I've accepted that. He wasn't my first choice. So like everybody like talks to me like oh well your boy your boy this and I was like well he wasn't but you know like I didn't freak out when you know like you guys are doing when he when the guy that I wanted Bernie Sanders didn't get the nod you know I accepted it and I moved past it and I embraced the new guy that's what you guys have got to do you Trump supporters have got to get over it he lost. It was ridiculous to think that he was ever going to win. He had a 38% approval rating going into the election. 38%. Now, anybody with a 38% approval rating should never win the presidency. I mean, that's just common sense. He didn't win the popular vote. He didn't even win the popular vote in 2016. He lost by 3 million votes almost to Hillary Clinton. She should have been president. But a flawed electoral college system said otherwise. Well, this time, Joe Biden wins by seven, almost eight million popular vote, and he beat him in the electoral college. So even though you guys have your your upper hand, your built-in upper hand, you still lost. So get the fuck over it. Well, we can sit here and talk about what Joe Biden's going to do and what Donald Trump did until, you know, until we're blue in the face. I mean, shit, that's a, that's a conversation that could last for days. Not going to do that, though, because what's the point? Donald Trump will be gone tomorrow. Joe Biden will be sworn in tomorrow. And that is that. It doesn't matter anything that Trump, Donald Trump's done or anything that we think Joe Biden might do, none of that matters. What matters is what's going to happen in the in the White House. It, what, is, what is he really going to do? No speculation. Just, and we don't know yet. We're just going to have to sit back and watch. And hope. 
that he follows through with most of the things that he said. Clearly, there's never been a politician that's ever followed through with everything they say. A lot of it being because they, you know, the roadblocks that get thrown in their way. Sometimes it's unrealistic to think that a politician's ever going to be able to follow through because they don't have sole power. You know, there's checks and balances. You got you got to get Congress on board. You got to get the Senate on board. You got it's got to pass with a vote, and then you got to hope that you get a super majority otherwise the opposite party is going to filibuster it till the very end you know so and and joe biden even though the democrats have the house and the senate um they don't have a big enough majority in the senate to um to avoid the filibuster so any bill that goes to the senate is going to need bipartisan support Otherwise, it's just going to get filibustered. That, that's going to be the biggest hurdle for Joe Biden. Uh, but that's also something that he is uniquely qualified for as the fact that he was in the Senate for so long. And, um, and he's worked on bipartisan bills and he's worked across the aisle. And that makes him uniquely qualified for the senate like the for the um, climate that we have going on right that now and there now clearly right out of the gates he's going to get some resistance but what we can hope for i guess is that um he can normalize the politics and hopefully get it back to the point where they're not working against each other, but they're working together for the better of the American people who are hurting right now. And that needs to be the main focus. And I hope, I guess, that, uh, that we can find some common ground. We can find a middle ground where we can actually work with each other. We can't be that far apart. We can't be that far apart. A good idea is a good idea, regardless of which side it comes from. It doesn't matter. Right now, what's, how, it's, how we've got it is whoever comes up with the idea, what do they have next to their name? Is it a D or is it an R? And then if it's a D, then everybody with an R next to their name immediately takes the, um, takes the stance on the opposition side. And then everybody on the D side loves it. It's like, we don't, that can't be the way we keep govern. That, that will never work. Like, clearly, it will never work. But if, but if it's a good idea, who cares? Who cares if you're a Democrat or Republican? Just put it, send it through. Like, it, who cares if it helps somebody else politically? If it was their idea, it should help them. It shouldn't really matter if they're a Democrat or Republican. It, it just shouldn't. And it's really hard to sit and watch these people act like adolescents or like bullies on a schoolyard is, is what it's turned into. And, it, and it's, it's frustrating because, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money to do it. And we're the ones paying for that. And we and the product that we're getting for our money is not very good right now. Hopefully that changes. Hopefully that changes tomorrow. It's naive to think that it'll completely change tomorrow. 
I mean, swearing in Joe Biden is not going to it's not going to be like snapping your fingers and everything's just okay now. He's got a big, huge hill, a big mountain to climb to get us up out of this mess that we're in right now. Right now, unemployment is still very high. It's actually going up. Jobs are going down. This country's in a recession. Worse than the 2008 um, economic crisis. So we've got a long road ahead of us. But, and we've got a lot of people that are dying. We've got a lot of people that have lost loved ones. We've got a lot of people that have lost their jobs that have always worked. And, you know, this country needs time to heal. That is another thing that uh, Joe Biden is very uniquely qualified for. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. And and kind of get you to the point to where maybe... It, maybe get you to the point where I had to get myself, you know. Um, like I said, Joe Biden was not my first choice. During the primaries, I was Bernie all the way. I just, I, and, or, I liked Bernie and I liked Elizabeth Warren and I was kind of torn between the two, but I was leaning Bernie. Um, I thought Bernie had a better shot at beating Donald Trump than Elizabeth Warren. I was still to the point, this was before the pandemic, so this was before... That nonsense happened. Now, I think, looking back, there was nobody on the, out of all the, what, there, what was there, like 24 Democrats that were running, there was, there was nobody on that stage that, that could have beat Donald Trump except for Joe Biden. I, I, pains me to say that but i but i do believe it now i do believe that to be true and i and if you would ask me a year ago i there's no way i would have said that that would not have been my answer but i was definitely wrong um i, I at that time i thought there was no way anybody was going to beat bernie sanders and then i thought for sure that bernie sanders would beat donald trump and i don't know if that's true or not I mean, I get it, it's something we'll never know, but I think, I think Joe Biden definitely, I, he was the one that was definitely going to beat him. Like, going into this election, I didn't have much doubt. I knew that Joe Biden was going to beat Donald Trump, if it was going to be fair, you know? Like, I, I did expect Donald Trump to cheat, which I'm not so sure that he didn't. Um... I think that he did. I think that Donald Trump cheated at this in this election. I think he did a lot of things to get more votes and to to get scam more votes. And I think he cheated and he still lost. And that's why he's so pissed off. And that's why he can't accept it because he cheated and then he, then he still lost. That's the one thing that does make sense about it. It's like how I, I don't understand why a a grown adult would would not be able to accept an election after it's been recounted three times and he's he's exhausted every single legal avenue he had to take over 60 lawsuits in a supreme court ruling and he still can't accept it it's like that something's fishy about that like it, it makes sense to me that he cheated and then he still lost 
and then it would be hard to believe that you lost if you know you were you were set up to win but and that kind of brings you back to the old um uh, you know if you're in a relationship or whatever and uh, and you're doing everything right and yet the partner still continues to accuse you of cheating like nine times out of ten come to find out that they're the ones cheating and that's why they're accusing you of it because they've seen how easy it was for them to get away with it that there was no way that they could assume that you weren't doing it too and i think that that maybe maybe is the case here where donald trump cheated and he I, he probably did on the 2016 election too and uh he knew he knew how easy it was to, and he just didn't give himself enough cushion this time. He didn't expect the turnout that Biden got, and nobody expected Biden to get 80 million votes. I mean, that's unheard of. Donald Trump gave himself enough votes to, if 74 million would have won any other presidential election in the history. So, I don't know. And I don't have any evidence or any, uh, any proof of that. It's just a theory, but... It's what makes the most sense to me. Um, and what what drives me crazy about this all is like how 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 his supporters they hang on to every single word that he says. You know, like they believe everything he says. You know, he says the that the the election was stolen, and then that's what they repeat and they repeat it over and over again because Donald Trump says it. But the thing is, is everything that this guy has said has been bullshit. If you think about it, like, let's go all the way back to the 2016 election. Remember when Hillary was on her deathbed? But then, you know, it just goes away because he floods the zone with so much shit that it's impossible to hang on to something and prove, because by the time you get this, this one thing that he said proven to be bullshit, he's already thrown out like five other things that, um, that now you, you would literally spend your entire life fact-checking him if you wanted to do that. Because he just is constantly flooding the zone with bullshit. I mean, what are some of the other ones? Oh, yeah, uh, Obama was going to prison because uh, he spied on his election, but nothing ever came of that. Hillary was going to prison, and then nothing ever came of that. And then Joe Biden was going to prison, and then Hunter Biden was going to prison. Like, you know, all of these things, you know, they just, they just go away because the next crazy thing that he says comes in. And it's and it's it's frustrating to watch, and it it's it's such a relief that after tomorrow we're not going to have to deal with that anymore because we're not going to have a freaking drama queen in the White House, and we're not going to have a reality TV star in the White House. We're going to have a politician in there that's going to be able to pass legislation, is going to be able to do good things, and is going to know what the fuck is going on. Because Trump did not know what was going on. He had no idea how to run a country. He had no idea what to do. And he just, a lot of the times, just didn't do the job at all. He just, you know, didn't do it. Just sat and watched TV and regurgit and, and tweeted out shit that he heard on Fox and Friends. But like I was saying earlier, this country needed somebody like Joe Biden to come in because this country is damaged. The damage that has been done to this country, especially in the last year, 
But even going back further, the damage um, and equality with our African Americans, the xenophobia, the racism, the Islamophobia, all of these things are damaging to a country that supposedly prides itself on equality. Joe Biden coming in, and as like I said, he was not my first choice, but in the moment, nobody stands up to this moment, to the moment that we face right now, like Joe Biden does. And I know it's cliche to say, and a lot of people are saying it, but this country is hurting. It needs to heal. It needs somebody that has gone through his fair share of tragedy to come in and look America in the eye and say, I know what you feel like. I know how it feels to be right where you're at. Joe Biden, early in his career, lost a daughter and his wife to a car accident. He, he took a train back and forth from Congress so he could go tuck his two young children in bed, the two surviving children in bed every night. He had to deal with the death of a son later on. Joe Biden knows how to deal with tragedy and he knows how to heal. He knows how to come up out of the darkness and, and prevail. I mean, look at him now. He's the president of the United States after all of those tragedies. He knows he's resilient and he knows how to get better. He knows how to, to heal. And that's what we need right now. When a black person gets killed by the police, he doesn't come out preaching about law and order. He comes out and he shows empathy. He cries with the family. He tells them that he's on their side. Shows them that he's on their side. Because he is on their side. He's on everybody's side, regardless. And that is what this country needs. It needs it so much now because of what we've dealt with in the last four years, especially the last year. We have 400,000 deaths now. 400,000 deaths. We that's 400,000 tables that are going to be one person short that's 400,000 families that are grieving that need to heal not just financially because of a pandemic but now personally because they've lost somebody These are the kind of things that Joe Biden can address and he can he can empathize and he can he can show us how to get past 
show us how to get past what we've dealt with, show us how to move forward, provide an example, because a lot of people don't realize this, but the, the President of the United States is supposed to set an example. And when your example is to be racist, is to be so partisan and so mean to the other side, and so, I mean, I, you couldn't ever find a Donald Trump speech where he wasn't completely bashing the other side. People by name, calling them names, doing, just, just being a bully. To not have that happening every single day is going to help a lot. But then just to listen to the words that Joe says and to listen to the to the meaning that or the feeling that he puts behind the, those words. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay.